Hey everybody, this is Matt Johnson. We are back with another edition of the Elite Real Estate Systems Hangout. We are so excited for you to join us. We're going to go deep into culture and recruiting and retention today. So we've got a lot of really, really cool stuff to talk about. We've also got numbers to share from Jeff's team last year. So I'm excited. Jeff's excited. Although Jeff, I have to disclaimer, Jeff's always excited. I have never seen Jeff not excited. I'm Jeff, pumped. what's up? Let's go. I'm pumped. Let's go. Let's get through it. It's going to be a fun one today. I'm excited. We have a lot of analytics to share, exciting numbers from last year. Uh, we're going to talk about our overall sales from last year in production and then talk a little bit about our new office and creating a culture for success so that you're not losing agents every 60 days. That's right. So first of all, let's talk about the analytics from last year. So we posted these to the uh, the private Facebook group for anybody that's been like to one of the workshops or bought the Google Drive or anything like that. So some of you may have seen this already, but let's dig in a little bit and I'm curious yeah. to see what your perspective is. Cool. So last year, uh, we track all of our agents individually on a weekly basis. They have an accountability meeting with their accountability coach who I've hired. Um, I pay that person $48,000 a year. They work 20 hours a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. When they have their one-on-one -on -one meeting with the agent, they make sure that they're inputting five or six different metrics that we track on a weekly basis. If they haven't inputted those, those numbers, then he's sure to get their numbers in. We track total amount of calls. Out of those calls, how many people were talked to or contacted? Out of the contacts, how many people were met in person, actually realized appointments? Out of those appointments, how many of those individuals ended up executing a contract? We even track how many people went under contract, but it didn't end up going together. So they, they sorry, they made an offer or received an offer on a listing, but it didn't go together. We call that a floater. And then we track how many new listings got signed. So we do it individually, and then you can find the weak places when their percentages are lower and coach to whatever thing you can tell they're weak in. But from a team total, we ended up with 95,000 outbound calls. We had 21,000 contacts, uh, 1,362 appointments, and 520 executed sales. So our call to contact ratio is 22%. So we can expect every five calls, one person would answer. We found it took about 182 outbound calls as a team total average to equate to one sale. Contact to appointment ratio was 6%. Um, 40 contacts typically equated to one sale. And then the executed sales to appointment ratio was 38%. 2.6 appointments would equal one sale. So the reason we came up with these figures is we sit down with each agent individually and we even got more specific with an agent individually at their year end review and we're setting their goals for next year. It became very, very simple because the analytics painted a picture as to exactly what they needed to do to hit whatever number they set for 2016. Our average goal was 36 to 56 units. So someone says, hey, I wanna do 40 units and I can back into their numbers and I figure out it takes them 150 calls to sell one pretty simple to determine how many how, how many calls they need to make to sell 40 hours take 40 times 150 calls you divide that by 50 weeks assuming they'll take two weeks off and boom you have their weekly call goal yeah and that's awesome and just uh, to clarify a couple of things so number one they're when you're sitting down for the year-end review they're basically allowed to kind of set their own goals and then like you said you work backwards from there so you're yep. not the success manager is not pushing them you're not saying look this is the you know this is what you we are not we're not setting their goals we yeah. want them to buy in, believe, and that comes to culture. They're setting their own goal. To be on my team, there's a minimum expectation that they sell 20 houses a year and make 100 calls a week. That's setting the bar very, very low. We want them to taste the success so that they can have the clarity necessary to reach their full potential. And we know all agents that are on their own in the business should be selling 40 to 50 houses a year before they start building their team within my team. Right. 
All right, and then did you want to say anything about the uh, the calls to contact ratio? Um, it's 22%, so obviously some might look at that and go, that man, that's really high. That's a lot higher than I would expect. Uh, if you're doing circle prospecting, I mean, you might get a hold of between 5 and 10% of people. So the way I understand the numbers are you guys are including all calls in there, which include follow-up calls to people they've already spoken with, this uh, is calls right. to their sphere, uh, calls to referrals, for example. So that that I think that's part yeah. of why that number is higher than you might expect. Yeah, we have our three buckets, like we've talked about on past podcasts. Number one is your sphere. Number two, prospecting, like you said, just sold, just sold, expired FISBO. And number three, internet leads. The first time you call, the second time, the third time, those all count as outbound calls. Also, we allow them to, to, to count an outbound call as someone they meet at a mastermind event or at any social event where it's geared towards um, trying to approach people as an, a, a potential lead and also any open house that the agent would attend. So an agent meets seven families at an open house, we count that as seven outbound calls. Gotcha, okay, cool. All right, so um, let's talk about the uh, the expansion. How are things going in the, the new expansion markets? Yep, we launched three platforms December 7, 2015. Um, Salt Lake City's Elite Real Estate Group, uh, San Diego's Elite Real Estate Group, and Clear Sailing Realty in Boston. And all three are going really great. We, we used the Boomtown platform in each of these locations. We're averaging over 100 leads a month in each location. All the teams have um, learned and have been trained up. It took us about 45 days to onboard them into Boomtown. So they've all been integrated into the Boomtown system. They're making their 10 calls in the first two weeks, getting the drip set up. Um, they're doing all the things we know are necessary for them to see a huge success. All of them are currently actively working leads that we had created for them. Of course, we're also encouraging them to create their own leads. Two-thirds of their business should be their own leads. A third should come from the leads that we're generating over to them. And I believe that they're all doing a really fantastic job. We've been really impressed with assimilating into the elite systems and taking advantage of all the resources that we've made available to them. We do know, though, with you know seeing the numbers in the past, from the day a lead um, gets registered into the Boomtown system, that could be an internet lead or a lead from their sphere or referral or whatever, it takes about six months to go under contract. So we're expecting to have a lot of success stories this summer, and we'll obviously come back and report every couple of months to our audience to let them know what's going on with those locations. Um, we're also launching Jacksonville, Florida in a month from now, and we launched Lincoln, Nebraska as well in the last couple of months. So five locations right now. We hope to have 15 by the year's end. Yeah, in fact, you just did uh, your first kind of a speaking engagement slash recruiting event in Lincoln here just this past, uh, was it? This yesterday. Past yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yep. Yeah, that went really well. We had a group of people come out. Um, Would have liked to have seen a, a larger gathering and, you know, to tell anyone out there that wants to go and speak at an event, always be sure to find um, a reputable brokerage or your local board or a young professional network to host the event. We had a hard time getting access to any of those um, organizations. It's hard when you go to just one brokerage because a lot of times people from comp competing brokerages won't go to an event that's put on by one single brokerage. So we really wanted to shy away from that. But overall, we were really happy with the outcome. Uh, we were able to engage with some really great agents and had a really good mastermind event. Yeah, very cool. So uh, that's, well, that's actually a really good segue to talk about recruiting a little bit. So uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk with you about the recruiting and the retention side is just from uh, you know talking to some of the you know top team leaders around the country and you know chatter and here and there, mm -hmm. uh, you realize that some of the top teams are turning over you know sometimes sixty or seventy percent of their staff over the course of a couple years, especially the last couple years. Yeah, I've been hearing that, and I don't see that you have that that issue. Um, yeah with your team. So I don't know what your numbers are if you track out. I know you do, you know, exit interviews and different things like that, but share just a little bit on kind of what sets your team apart and why you don't seem to have that attrition sure. issue. 
So I will admit we had a lot of problems with keeping agents. Um, our first year when I had no idea how to run a team or hold people accountable or manage or train or inspire uh, back in 2011, 2012, we just hired anyone, anyone that was willing to work internet leads. And so I hired seven or eight people right out of the gate. Uh, we only have one of those agents still with us. So we lost 90% of our first wave of hiring. I actually keep a file on every person that's ever worked within our, our organization, licensed agents. And so obviously I have all of our active and all of our people that have left. We're actually right at 50-50. So within the last four years, 50% of the people we've hired are gone. The other 50% are still with us. But what we've experienced over the last two years is that a large majority of the agents have stayed with us. And the yeah. reason I believe that agents would stay within any organization is it's always going to start with the foundation of the organization, which is the culture. Now, at the end of the day, if, it, if the culture they're in isn't paying the bills and they're not reaching their full potential, they're not going to stay. But what I think sets us apart is that when I talk full potential and reaching one success, it's not monetary. Money is important. You're not going to continue doing it unless you're making money. But we take it a lot further. So I talked about that accountability coach role. That accountability coach is um, helping the individuals on our team set goals, not only within their sales and how much money they're going to make, but also in other areas of their life where it might come to family, uh, physical health, spirituality, um, travel goals, whatever it might be. So we know that if, as people live very well-rounded lives, it's gonna help them become a, a better agent and they're gonna be happier and they're gonna wanna stay within our organization a lot longer. Yeah, and th this is what's interesting when you start observing some of the top teams is you realize how much, and this is true of any business, so much of it flows from the personality of the person at the top. Uh, and this is something that I know about you just from spending time with you one-on-one -on -one, is that that like that mentality of being a well-rounded person and having goals in every different area of your life, that is definitely not something that all business people share, but you definitely have that and you encourage other people to take that approach. Yeah. Um, I know other people whether they be top team leaders or entrepreneurs that have an extremely zeroed in focused approach, they're very business oriented uh, and then everything else is going to fall by the wayside. It just gets pulled along by the whim of whatever time and, and energy they have left over after throwing into the business. Yep. Nope. Absolutely. So a couple other things we do, Matt, to encourage culture. Uh, we have a book club that meets twice, uh, once every two months. It was every month last year. So now we're doing every other month. So what we do is I throw a book out there. You can see my library in my office. I have hundreds of books. Um, you know, you've heard the quote, the difference between you and me are the people we meet and the books that we read. And I'll add the podcast we listen to because those <laughs> out there are listening to these podcasts right now and they're super valuable. But one of the things I've done is all of the best books that I've personally read, I'll invite the team to read as well. So if you want your you know, organization to have a certain culture, decide on what culture you want to set. As the leader, you set the tone. If you're not happy with your agents, you pick the wrong agents. Let them go. If you're not happy with your staff, you pick the wrong staff people. Let them go. Any dysfunction you have within your organization from a cultural standpoint, sales, anything you want to bring up, it's all your fault as the leader. And, you know, I'm, I'm constantly receiving texts and Facebook messages, which I love from our followers out there. And a lot of people want me to solve some of their problems. A lot of times they are the problem. Yeah, um, our, the result of our personal successes in all aspects of our life are directly correlated with the knowledge that we obtain within those areas of our life. It's the Jim Rohn quote that your success will never exceed your own personal development. Well, who makes the decision as to how we are personally developed? We do each and every day, every moment of our life. And so one of the things that I know is going to help develop my agents is helping them read, engage them in podcasts, engage them with going out and meeting agents, top agents, top people all across the country and obviously within our own city. And so like last month, as an example, we read the five, um, the five regrets of the dying has nothing to do with sales, nothing to do with real estate. It, you know, it has everything to do with living and leading 
a magnificent life that and leaving a legacy so that when you're on your deathbed and you're in hospice and you look back, you're not regretting that you worked too much or you worked too little or you li- you lived a life that someone else wanted you to live or you didn't go on the trips that you promised yourself and your spouse or significant other you were going to go on. It's about not having regrets. And if we start now, if you're 80 years old or if you're 20 years old, it doesn't matter. You can start right now living a life that you're not going to have regrets. And that's the thing I wanted to teach my agents that maybe they were so inspired that they decided they want to leave real estate altogether. It wasn't the career they want to be in. That's fine. I lead with an abundance mentality, not a scarcity mentality. But for most people, it gets them more engaged to want to be successful. Um, I started a mastermind group. We have two different groups. One of them is that we call the gold group. Um, it's any agent on the team that sold one to 25 houses last year. And then we have the platinum group. Anyone on our team that sold 26 to infinite number of houses last year. And we meet once a month and I buy them lunch. I spend around two, 300 bucks on each group. And then we spend 90 minutes talking on any topic. Our first meetings were in January, just a couple last week and the week before. And I had everyone create a vision board. And one of the really neat things with the vision boards is then the agent is sharing with everyone in the room what's most important to them, not just money, not just cars and houses, but what types of other things are important in their lives. And it helps the group want to encourage and help each other become successful because it's not about, okay, that agent's the number one guy and did 60 deals. It's about, oh, wow, now that agent's going to be able to feed a village in Africa or now that agent's going to be able to take their grandkids to Disney World for the first time anyone's ever been there. And we're checking these things off our, our bucket list, so to speak. But what's infinitely um, beneficial for us is when I lead our accountability meeting every Monday and an agent hasn't lived up to their own personal outbound calling goal, I ask them which item on their vision board they'd like to remove as something that they're going to obtain in their life. Whoa, (laughs) that's awesome. So it's really direct in your face accountability in a way where I'm showing them love and encouragement, but I'm reminding them, hey, Matt, you said you wanted to sell 300 houses so that you could do X later at the end of the year or in 10 years from now. You didn't do what you promised yourself you were going to do this week. Which item on your vision board would you like to not accomplish in your life? And I actually ask them the question and I sit there and look at them. And it, it, you know, it, I think it strikes a chord and someone might choose to get offended, but they set the goal. They asked me to hold them accountable to the goal. They put it on their vision board. They then have to own up and take responsibility for choosing not to lead the life that they promised themselves they wanted to lead. Yeah. And that, that is the key to that whole thing is them genuinely setting their own goals. Yep. So it all starts with that and then making a personal commitment of their own as opposed to goals that you decide they should stretch for. Yep. I had an agent come visit. We have our team workshops every other Monday, which have been going phenomenal, by the way. A little side plug there. Um, we are, we're having five to ten guests every Monday come and checking out the workshops. But I had someone come and he said, you know, I think I've been too easy on my agents. They were really fortunate last year that I didn't hold them accountable to all of these things you're holding your agents accountable to. And I stopped and took a moment in front of a group of 10 people and I said, you think your agents were fortunate because you didn't hold them accountable? You think they were lucky to be within an organization that doesn't lead and inspire and teach and motivate and train them to be the best that they could be? They were less than fortunate. There's another another way out there that you could lead and inspire and help those people reach their full potential. Because essentially what he did was he allowed his agents to not feel pain. And it's only when we have pain that we have gain. You hear the whole, you know, the no pain, no gain. And that's what leads to a fulfilling life. You know, Josh Smith spoke at our event on Monday, Matt. And Josh Smith is a stud. He's a huge national, nationally recognized coach and um, mentor. He also has a podcast. And Josh said there's a difference between happiness and fulfillment. And he used this analogy of going to Taco Bell, grabbing a 12-pack of beer and grabbing tacos and going home. He said that makes you happy, but it certainly doesn't fulfill you. 
Yeah. And the things that I've had fulfillment in and anyone has fulfillment in the thing are typically the things that are the hardest. You know, people talk about running right. a marathon or doing a tough mutter or, you know, raising children or whatever, re rebuilding an entire car. The things people talk about that give them the most um, fulfillment are usually the things that are, are really, really hard. So it's really just a mind shift. And I felt like I really got through to that agent and the entire group that day. And they said, yeah, good point. It's, it's not doing anybody any favors to let them get away with mediocrity. It's doing them all the favors in the world to push and, you know, you, someone that's listening might ask, well, that seems really intense to make the comment about, you know, what thing do you want not, not, don't want to have on your vision board or, oh my gosh, the agent has to come in every week and report their numbers. If someone doesn't like that culture, we don't want them within our organization. And when they chose to come on our team, we're now doing such a better job because we're showing them exactly what the, we're going to hold them accountable to when they choose to sign up with Omaha's League Real Estate Group. And right now we're only hiring one out of every 10 people that we recruit. Yeah, well, let's dig into that a little bit more because a lot of it, is, like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and I think that's where a lot of probably top teams go wrong is they're they're starting off with the wrong kind of people, and then they're hoping to keep them in a, a system that doesn't provide as much value as yours, and inevitably right. those people are going to leave. Right. So, uh, so obviously you're bringing in enough prospects that you're able to only take one out of ten, but what's for that for that one that does get hired? Uh, what's your process? We, we've talked a little yeah. bit about the recruiting process. We'll, I don't want to dig into that or, or repeat ourselves, but how much of it, from you as the leader, how much of the final decision of whether to bring someone on is how they have responded to the process you have in place and your gut feeling yeah. uh, of, of them as a person? So 90% is going to be how well they responded to the process we're not making a decision based on the fact that they're a licensed agent or their resume. It's how they go through the process because if they go through our recruiting process the way we are expecting them to go through it, then that shows us that they're going to be a successful agent going through the exact same process, but with the leads that we're generating to them and the culture that we've set as a team. So I know we have already had a, you know other podcasts all surrounding recruiting, but to break it down really quickly, we do we do follow a lot of the components that Keller Williams teaches at their recruit select class. And Keller Williams is great. Their organization allows anyone from any brokerage. I'm not with Keller Williams. I'm with Berkshire Hathaway right now in Omaha. But Keller Williams allows you to go to their expansion you know, training and their recruiting training. I'd recommend everyone to go to recruit select. We didn't take all of the pieces, but we use a majority of their pieces. So the very first contact, we have a phone call. We set the expectation right away. We're looking for full-time agents that are willing to work leads, that are willing to hit the phones. And then if they pass that, we go to a face-to-face -face where we get a little bit more in-depth of what the expectation is. We have them take the disc test. If they pass that, they go to our team Monday meeting. They go to our Wednesday dialogue training and call blitz. They go to our Friday team training. If they're going and showing up to all these events, they're doing really well. It's not that hard. We just need people are going to show up. We look for on the disc a high IS. Your high I's have great personality traits. People like them. They're engaging. Your S's are systematic. They're they're you know you can count on them to constantly be part of a system to plug in each and every day. We it's not rocket science. Everybody knows it's sold real estate. It's easy to sell real estate. The hard thing is to show up. So if we see through the recruiting process, they're showing up. They have good attitudes. They keep coming back. They're asking the right questions. Um, we also will go deep in their references. We get three business references and two personal, and then we go three deep. So we'll ask all those people if they know anyone else that knows the candidate, and then we'll ask all those people if they know anyone else. So by the end, we've talked to 15 different individuals about said candidate to find out what type of a pattern they have in their previous work life or personal lives. And those patterns are how we recruit. We choose people based on what they've done in the past and how well they plug into that recruiting process rather than just somebody that's ready to work it and, you know, is saying all the right things. To me, the actions speak a lot louder than their words. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like with the the prevention. You know, the the way that you're bringing people on is uh, it's it's kind of like a microcosm of the expectations that you have with them as agents. So it's it's a sneak peek into how they respond to authority. Yeah. Uh, you know, just even down to just simple things like punctuality. Can you show up on time and yep. mentally prepared? Uh, which are the same things that you expect of your agents, because you're right, I mean, half the battle is just showing up, especially when yeah. you're talking about, I mean, the minimum requirements are 100 calls a week. That's yeah. it's insanely easy, especially now that Mojo's integrated into It's Boom insanely Con. easy. It's they an hour be, and a half a week. Yeah, most agents' new call goes about 300 calls a week, and that's even really simple if you're using the Mojo system, like you said, that's integrated. I do want to make a couple points. We hadn't even pre-discussed this before this Hangout today, but I do want to say to any listeners out there, and I know a lot of you are top-level agents, but if you are looking to boost your career, um, you're considering opening an expansion team, reach out and find out a little bit more information about what we're doing with expansion. And to take it another step further, I've actually heard of agents um, recruiting team members from across the country. If anyone out there wants to live in beautiful Omaha, Nebraska, and you feel like you'd plug in well to our system, I would love you to come check it out and make a, you know, a possible career move to Omaha and jump on board with our team. Our average agent last year sold 28 houses and made about $80,000 in Omaha. That goes a really long way. If you're in California, you, know, you need to make about 200 to be able to live the same life in Omaha that $80,000 know, provides to you. So I thought I'd put that out there. And then also, Matt, I wanted to share with the audience our final numbers from last year. Our team ended up selling 580 sides and doing $100 million in volume. We're the first team in the history of our state to ever sell that much. We had also set the record last year for the most sales. So it's the second consecutive year we've been on the top. Uh, we haven't heard the numbers yet from Berkshire, but we believe we'll be in the top couple agents in the entire world at Berkshire Hathaway as well. So really exciting stuff going on here in Omaha. Yeah, that is that is very, very cool. Uh, you want to dive in and talk a little bit more about uh, the culture and how you retain agents long-term before we uh, call this one good? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it all starts from leadership, and we've talked about that. We talked about our book club. Uh, we talked about holding them accountable, providing them with training. Our team is all about knowledge, learning, becoming better at all the things that we do. The masterminds coming together on a monthly basis, getting really deep into different topics, separating the crowd from the top producing to the middle producing agents so that they're surrounded with their peers when they're in that mastermind setting. Um, taking it even a step further, some of the things that are probably obvious but not everyone does is having events, hosting events at your house, hosting events at restaurants and as the team leader being willing to cover the cost a majority of that time or find a lender or vendor to pay for it. All you care about is bringing your agents together, help, helping them plant seeds with one another so that it's not, you know, it's not the agents fighting against each other or trying to chase to spot number one, but it's everybody working together and not looking at the team as an individual's success, but as the team's overall success. And I'm constantly talking about our national numbers and where we're ranking and how we're doing as a team rather than trying to segment any one person. I don't give any one person all the accolades, if, even if they're killing it compared to somebody else. We're a team, we're working together on a team. And a great book, Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team is an excellent read or listen to if you haven't already done that, which really talks a lot about how to best interact with groups of people. Um, also incentives. Um, we, last year we did team incentives every month. So we do like drawings and stuff based on whoever had the most sales. This year we're restructuring that a little bit and allocated our budget to a um, a garage door, or sorry, um, I guess it's an underground parking spot. So every week, whatever agent has the most sales in units, and if they tie in units, we look at production, they get a special parking spot that's underground in our new office. We just moved into a 100,000 square foot office at the top producing real estate company in the country for unit sales. 
think we did 9,000 unit sales last year at Berkshire here in Omaha. And so our broker, we negotiated two parking spots. So the top agent each week with the most sales actually gets to park underground for a week. That's a big perk in Omaha. I was it's just about to say that. That actually makes months. a difference. <laughs> it's a pretty big perk here. People really like that. And then we also do um, a team trip. So anyone that sells 30 houses, and is in the top 25 percentile on our team at the end of the year based on closed transactions and we just look at units not production i'm going to take them on a huge trip we're going to and we let the group decide but it, they'll each be allocated a certain budget call it two or three thousand dollars a person and we'll go to mexico or we'll go on a cruise we'll go do something really fun and in that environment you're with the top you know you're with the cream of the group and you're able to you know set a tone with that group that you know, I like to try to inspire them to want to lead the other agents that are within your organization. I also want to encourage those top agents to not leave the team, but use the team um, to help build their business. And that's where we started building teams within our team. Give them the ability to one day become you. If you don't give them that ability, they'll one day leave to be you. Just give them the ability, the ability within your organization to become you. And I think it's so crazy. I see brokers out there you know, limiting how many agents you can have on your team or teams telling their agents that they can't have admin or they can't generate their own leads or create their own marketing service agreements. Give everybody within your organization the ability to be exactly what you are and just encourage them to do it underneath your umbrella. Um, value add that sets the tone for culture. You know, Provide them with a ton of admin support. We have a listing coordinator, a buyer coordinator, a client care specialist engaging with their leads. We have a sign runner. None of our agents have to run signs or flyers or put sold signs up. We pay for all of that. We've contracted with you know companies that take the pictures, create videos, staging the property. We provide a moving truck. There's all these extra benefits. So when they go to say, okay, yeah, I think I'm going to go off on my own to make an extra 5% and they figure out that extra 5% might drive an extra 20,000 to their bottom line, they're losing a half a million dollars worth of services they're getting for free by being within our organization. So we have yet to lose a top producing agent. Our teams only lost agents that weren't having success. So when I said we've lost about 50%, one out of all of those agents have left to become more successful than what they were while within our organization. So I really feel like what the agents we're pushing out are the agents that aren't a good fit for our culture. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, because as opposed to, and we've talked about this on a previous Hangout, but as opposed to the Keller Williams model of trying to go out there and find high D, high I, get, these are guys that are going to kill it regardless of where they're at or whether right. they're on your team or not, and right. just try to hang on to them for as long as you can before you basically train them to go out and do it themselves. Right. You're going out and finding people that are IS that might not be super successful on their own, and you're making them more successful than they would be. Yep, that's exactly right. And that's our whole thing when we recruit. I'm looking for agents that did five to 20 deals last year that want to take their business to 20 to 40 deals next year. And the year after that, 40 to 60 deals. And then we are going to teach them how to have buyer's agents so they can quit working the buy side. And then I'm going to teach them to quit working listings altogether and run the CEO model right underneath my umbrella. And that's We're selling them the dream that one day they could quit selling if they wanted to. And that's the exact same dream that we're selling our expansion partners. This dream was realized for me in four years. Starting in 2011, I decided to launch my team. Two years later, 2013, I get out of production 100%, and I'm making over a million dollars a year net, spending three hours a week on my team in Omaha. So these dreams are realities. They can happen. And as you and I know, Matt, we mastermind with a lot of teams across the country. There's a lot of people that have realized this, that are at this point um, in their business. Anyone can be. It's just about making the right choices and staying with the right people. You know, I love the, the whole set, the saying, birds of a feather flock together. We try to set that tone within our organization. We're the elite bird, if you will. Sounds kind of cheesy, but we'll go with it. And we want to encourage our agents to want to, to want to fly together, to stay with us. And we set that. 
tone all the time. We reiterate, we remind them because that's what happens is that they forget. Oftentimes they forget what they have here. And yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of other team leaders out there talk about this. If you bring an agent in that's never been anywhere else, they take a lot for granted. And so a strong leader will do a good job realizing that and having empathy for people when they are not showing gratitude, when they have more than what they could ever dream of if they were to leave your, your organization and go somewhere else. That's probably one of the hardest parts of being a leader is watching agents not either take advantage of what they have right in front of them or show that they're not you know, appreciative of what they have right in front of them when they have so much more than what they could ever dream of if they weren't within your organization. Yeah. Well, it's uh, just to finish this one out. I know you guys. If somebody does leave, you do uh, like a, an exit interview type of thing. And yeah. I don't know how many people you've really had leave since you instituted that yeah, we've had process. Have, we have uh, any uh, interesting results? Yeah, we have an onboard and offboard checklist. We have an exit interview. It's about forty-five minutes, and every person that's left, we've spent that that meeting's gone really well. And it's our goal to not say, "Oh, don't leave." We'll never ask someone not to leave. It's kind of back to the Navy SEAL adage. I don't know if you've heard this before, but I heard I, I kind of was a big uh, Navy SEAL geek for a while, and they have um, they have the bell that they ring if they quit the training. They said that there's never been anybody that went and rang the bell that was able to come back and, and finish the course. So they said pretty much if someone says I quit, they're done. They'll never be able to finish the course again because they're quitters. And so we have the same rule within our organization. If someone quits to have a baby or go pursue a different career or something, that's one thing. But if they quit because they say, hey, Jeff, I want to go start my own team outside of your team, great. I'll wish them well. I'll help them leave. We let them keep 10 of their best leads. We're going to make it as easy as possible because we recognize we've built a strong relationship with this individual. Why burn any bridges? Let's help them have success. But they're never going to work within my organization ever again. And I don't know that I'd ever let them. They burned a bridge by leaving. And that's fine with me. And it sounds pretty cutthroat. But if they quit once, they're going to quit again. And that, that's, a, that's a tone that I've set here as well. It sounds pretty aggressive. In, in most areas, I'm not aggressive. But that's one area. It's just it, it rubs me the wrong way. So um, we've chosen to do that. But as far as questions and exit interviews, it's always why wasn't this a good fit? You know, what are you going to plan on doing next? And a lot of the people said that they didn't want to feel like they were being held accountable. They didn't want to feel like they had to make a certain amount of calls. They didn't want to feel like they weren't contributing to the team. And these were people that weren't producing at a high level. So yeah. we've never had anyone quit that was doing over 20 deals a year. Yeah, which that makes total sense. Uh, and I think that's where people struggle is they bring on people they want to hold them accountable, but sometimes the expectations either aren't set right off the bat or they go with someone that they like uh, who doesn't necessarily have the right personality fit uh, because their onboarding process doesn't expose that enough. It doesn't hold them accountable enough during that recruiting process to find out whether they really want to be part of that environment or not. Yep, you're absolutely right. I totally agree with that. Um, one other point I want to talk about, Matt, I know you would have brought it up, is our workshops. Like I mentioned before, our workshops are going great. We just opened up an additional workshop on February 29th. So mark your calendars for anyone that hasn't been able to take advantage of our workshops yet. Monday, February 29th, you'd fly into Omaha Sunday night. We'll spend all day Monday, February 29th together, and then you'd fly out early Tuesday morning, or if you live close, drive home late Monday night. Uh, the workshops start at 8.30 in the morning uh, Central Time. They go till 9 p.m. at night Central Time. We in, ended up with dinner and drinks, and the feedback has been phenomenal. I can send you a list of five or ten recommend, you know, people uh, references if you'd like to reach out to other individuals that have taken advantage. And coming to the workshop also comes along with access to our Google Drive, which is our lifelong work of intellectual property and systems, um, Excel spreadsheets, scripts, 
uh, flyers, tons of information on there. And that will have access forever, not just now. We keep it updated. And then also it'll give you access to our private Facebook group. So every time we update the Google Drive, we update it on the Facebook group. There's only about 60 members because it's only the individuals that have been to our workshop. We had about 50 people last year. Uh, cost is $3,000. We take a $2,000 deposit up front and take the other $1,000 a week prior to the event. But the day I get the deposit, I actually give you access to the Google Drive. So you can start looking through the drive and taking advantage of some of the systems and tools that we have integrated in there. Yeah, and so uh, the best way to get in touch with you to uh, to move forward with that, I know a lot of people contact you directly on Facebook or they can email you as well. Yep, yep, just jump on Facebook. I think it's just Jeff Cohn on Facebook. Go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com and on the top right corner, you'll see all the Facebook page. You'll see a link to our Google Plus, our YouTube channel, and then um, you can email me at Jeff at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Jeff at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Anytime, guys. I'm super. Anyone that's ever engaged with me, I'm going to respond same day. I'm not one of those people that's going to let an assistant forward it to me and decide what's important and what's not. I still actually am doing my own email. Um, so you're going to get a response from me. I'm also hosting my own workshop. I know there's people out there selling coaching that aren't actually the coach. I don't think that's ethical. So I will be the person at the workshop all day spending time with you, building out a business plan for you, and teaching you the best systems and practices that I believe all agents should be taking advantage of to help take your business to the next level. I went from 80 to 580 in four years. I think I grew my team faster than anyone in the history of residential real estate. If you can contest that, I'll give you $100. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to find somebody that's grown faster than me. So if someone knows someone that has, tell me about it. I'll give you 100 bucks for letting me know. That is an excellent question. I don't know. I can't think of anybody offhand. It's pretty big growth pretty fast, so I'm pretty proud of our team. Guys, I'm not going to take the credit for this. This was my agents. This was my staff. I have one of the best marketing director and operations managers in the country. Yeah. I'm having a fantastic success manager, and my agents are, are incredible. So build a strong organization and pick the right people to have in place so that you can have the success you dream of. Uh, yeah, and a quick word on that, like you, you do a really good job of giving them move up opportunities as well, and you're genuinely looking out for their long-term best interest in terms of making sure they're taken care of financially, uh, and ha have like a an entrance into an ownership of the business. So, uh, I mean, that's part of why you've retained the really yeah. good, like the, the building block. Like the agents can come and go to a certain extent, right. but you have a really, really good core leadership team that I don't see them leaving no. any time. Nope, Which nope, they want it all. And you know, I follow that old golden rule and I actually end the workshop on this, which is do unto others as you'd like others to do unto you. It works. Treat people like you'd want to be treated with everything you do, not just in business, and you'll live and lead a very fulfilling life. Yeah. Well, that is a fantastic note to end on. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, we'll Matt. Always right a good time. That's right. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys next month on the next edition. And uh, until then, we'll see you. All right, take it easy.